Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley Fitness, Wellness, and Endurance Sports Podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Phoenix. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Phoenix. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the running season in full swing, it's time for you to take a swing at a personal best. Whether it's a 5K, 10K, or even a marathon, TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you in person to discuss your goals, make a training plan, and give you the support you need to achieve them. Email for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. On our program today with the running season here, it's time to bring back the upcoming event schedule and we've got some very inventive running events to share with you. But first, it's time to get wet again. You'll remember from our last FitSpeak, we were talking to Calgarian Pat Landemore. He was the former two-pack-a-day smoker who became an Ironman and then this year did the Skaha Lake Ultra Swim. Well, today we have more proof of the saying that rough seas make for great sailors. In her high school yearbook, Penticton's Elise Reef would have never been voted most likely to be a jock in her adult life. But they would have been wrong. Because, just like Pat Landamore, her athletic talents were fairly hidden until after high school. In Elise's case, almost three decades after. Although she ran and swam and biked as a kid, she never did a triathlon until she signed up for Ironman. That was back in 2000. And although she didn't get to the start line of that one, she did in 2005 and had a killer run split passing dozens of people in the last 20 kilometers. Almost 15 years after that, another Penticton adventure was calling her name, the Skaha Lake Ultra Swim. So, how does a 50-something mediocre swimmer prepare for one of the longest swimming competitions in the country? Let's find out as we present FitSpeak 76, Elise Swims. Elise, welcome to FitSpeak. Thank you. You're looking awfully relaxed today. Why is that? Because I finished. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed today. Mm-hmm. So a big achievement yesterday, completing that swim in a multitude of conditions. We had sun, we had cloud, it was warm, it was a little bit chilly to start. Uh, and of course, there was all that wind in the middle of it. We'll talk about the actual uh, day as it unfolded in just a little bit. But let's go back into your sporting history. Tell us what you were doing as a, as a kid to stay active. I really enjoyed biking. I fell in love with a bicycle. I think I was four or five years old. I still remember my dad uh, giving me this bicycle and teaching me how to balance it and running beside me and holding the seat. And So you're five years old, tearing it up on your bicycle. And uh, while you were in school, elementary school, junior high school, high school, any, any sports that you excelled at or you really enjoyed participating in? I was really awful in sports. Um, I remember I was a, I was a nerd back when nerd was not a good thing. So I had really high marks. I was super smart, and whenever we did group sports, like for example baseball, they'd get the most popular kid to pick uh, baseball team members. Mm-hmm. Is that in the seventies? Right? Yes, yeah. and then um, 
I'd be at the very end and the teacher would say, okay, you, you, you have to take Elise. And they'd go, oh, do we have to take her? Mm. And it was just so rejecting. And I really delivered. I was as awful as they they expected. I was just awful in team sports. I was awful in baseball. Uh, I was just really good at individual stuff. So I would get home after school and ride my bike. And it Mm. just made me feel so good. I had independence. Mm. You know, back in the day, like I would go ride probably 20 kilometers at one point. Like when I got older, like, you know, 10, 12 years old, I would jump on my bike and go go ride like 12K and go explore. And uh, that bike gave me a lot of freedom and independence. And it was amazing. I mean, you try something like that today, you'd be charged with child abuse or abandonment. Yeah. So, oh, my God, the child is out on the loose. Well, oh, yeah. And I was, society, I was out society has changed, though. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I used to drive down McLeod Trail by in myself Calgary? on the bicycle mm. in Calgary. And if people know what McLeod Trail is now, I mean, back mm. then it was just a two-lane paved road, mm. you know. And uh, I Chuck Owens? No, not check wagons, but um, I used to go explore uh, abandoned farms in what now is... Um, uh, Midnapore? Midnapore, yeah. I remember going with my brother and finding chests of old clothes and, and just going through uh, neat stuff that we bike ride to and then we bike ride back, you know, and we always had to be home before the streetlights came <laughs> on, you know. But uh, boy, I biked. I love biking. Biking and skipping is, is skipping. really what I did. Skipping. I would skip on my skip rope for hours. Mm-hmm. It would seem like hours as a that, kid. It was, a, it was probably like 15, 20 minutes yeah. at a time. Mm-hmm. But skipping and biking. And uh, I love swimming. Mm. You know, I would go to the swimming pool and goof around. But it was it involved a lot of swimming, goofing around. Mm. But um, yeah, Staying biking, active. swimming, and skipping. That's uh-huh. what I did. Yeah. And... As you got into high school, you also did some running. I was... Um, also an individual sport? That was an individual sport, too. Our phys ed classes started with, um, I think it maybe have been a mile run. Maybe it was three miles run. But it always started with a mile run. And I remember the popular girls would... Uh, you know, just have an attitude and go slow. And so what I would do is I would get that mile done or whatever it was, maybe three miles done as fast as I could. And the gym teacher said, wow, you're a natural born runner. And I said, no, no, nothing. I am not anything good athletic. (laughs) No. And he kept pushing me and pushing me to uh, be part of the high school running team. And I was. So what were your distances that you did? I was the specialist in 800 meters. 800s. And, uh, awesome remember, distance. Yeah, awesome distance. I remember mm-hmm. that. Well, that seems so long. 800 <laughs> meters seems well, yeah. so long. <laughs> and that gym teacher so believed in me. He says, you're such a good runner. <laughs> I ended up making it to the city finals. <laughs> I represented my high school <laughs> in the city finals. That was a huge honor. Yeah. So what were you doing to stay active as a, as a young adult after high school graduation? I really liked running, so I would just go for a run, but I didn't really know anything about it. So I would have Kmart running shoes. I I had... North Star? Maybe North Star, <laughs> exactly. This is in the years before Skechers. Skechers and Cool Fit, Dry Fit. Mm-hmm. I would just go in shorts and a t-shirt and I would just go run. Never thought of bringing a bottle of water. I would just go run and I just loved it. I loved the feeling of running. Mm-hmm. Actually running and swimming because I would go um, go to the lake and just jump in the, jump in the lake and swim. 
So you did that and eventually uh, decided to sign up and compete in a few events. What were some of the early early days for Elise uh, as far as endurance sports goes, running, biking, swimming, whatever? Well, I remember you and I camping in the Owl's Nest campground in 1999 and you biking up to watch the iron person on my daughter's bike which was hilarious because she only was a young girl back then so you jumped on her bike you biked up the 97 highway and watched the uh, iron person scott tinley and shingo tanny (laughs) yeah And then one day you and I were lying on the beach on Skaha, was it Skaha Lake? Oh, Soyuz Lake. The Soyuz Lake. And you and I were talking and it's like, what do you have to do to get into that race? Mm. And then you and I signed up in 1999. Like we signed up in 1999 to do the 2000 Iron Person. So you had never run a 10K or a 5K? or never raced other than high school 800 meters. That was the only race I'd ever done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I remember you and I saying, how do you even sign up for this? We walked into the Iron Person Canada office and said, how do you sign up for this? And they kind of laughed at us. Mm. It's like, you have to do this. You have to get on the website. You have to do this. And back in 1999, getting on a website and signing up for something, it's like that was like a foreign language, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a, a tough. That, that was 20 People years ago. People in line at that time. Yes. yes. In front of the... Lake, the hotel on Lakeshore, people used to sleep in line right after the race. They'd finish the Ironman race, they'd go home, have a shower, have a bite, and then we'd line up in sleeping bags, 97, 98, 99. That's what people did. Yeah. And here we thought we would walk into the Iron Person office and sign up for a race. Like, how did we know, right? So you and I, Kevin and, and I, signed up for the race for the 2000, 2000 race. yeah. And I didn't know much about training, so I ended up blowing out my knees and not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty sad. That was sad. But you didn't stop doing the sport. You just kind of decided to switch your distance. The saddest moment, I'm going to cry again, <laughs> was you doing the Iron Person in 2000. And you handed me the bike pump over the fence. Yeah, just and at I this, took it. And yeah. It's like, damn, I should be doing this too. Yeah, because you had signed up and <laughs> yeah, you had done a lot of the it. training all the way to yeah. July, right? I trained yeah. a lot. Yeah, and, and you finished your very first uh, half Ironman, which was in two thousand. Yes. The only plan. That's right. Yeah. I finished on a half iron. Yeah. I remember my brother-in-law, which is your brother, uh, bugging me about. Elise, you've never even run a marathon. Like, what makes you think you're going to do an iron person? You've never even run a marathon, him and his friend. And I remember saying, yeah, but I ran 21 miles on a treadmill. And they both went, whoa, yeah, okay. (laughs) So then you eventually did quite a few half Ironmans. And then uh, the stars aligned and you decided to sign up for, what was it, the 2005 Ironman in Penticton. Yeah, but before that, or was it after that? I did some, I discovered that I'm a pretty good runner. I never really noticed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But whenever I look at placement, runner running is my thing. Yeah. I, I won a 5K. I uh, did really well in some sprint triathlons. I placed in a sprint triathlon, mm-hmm. was a lake. I've won my age group. and Yeah. Take, sorry. take us back to that 2005 Ironman. So that was your first? That was your only? That was my first Tell us about only. your day. Yeah, you know, it. I had a goal of a certain time, 
And uh, my brother said, my brother was there, which was so kind of him to come for that. And he said, look, I have to leave. I have to leave Penticton at 1030 at night and drive to Calgary, which of course is an eight, nine hour drive so that I can walk my kids to school. So because if you're not, for the first day of school. For the first day of school. Yeah. And he says, uh, if you're not done by 1030, I'm leaving. <laughs> so I remember doing the marathon thinking, wow, I better hurry up. Because, you were motivated uh, for many reasons. Yes. And it's like. Oh my gosh, he has to to uh, walk his kids to school the next day. I better hurry up. So I remember in the second half, or actually within that marathon of the Iron Person, I ended up passing 30 or 40 people and making sure I got in by 10.30. Mm-hmm. And I did. I got in at 10.33 and he was there. You and I was saw so him. happy. Uh-huh. And I think I would have walked more and mm. relaxed more and kind of, I probably would have pulled a 16 hour if it wasn't for Doug, my brother, saying, I got to drive home to Calgary, so you 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 better be there, and I and I was. The power of the motivation of a oh, big brother, hey? Oh my gosh! Oh. And just the thought that I wanted to see him, when I got in. Yeah, and I did, and you did. <laughs> yeah, and he made it yeah. uh, to drive his or to walk his kids to school that yeah. day as well. Yeah, he spent some time with us, mm-hmm. and then he uh, drove to Calgary. So after doing your first and only Ironman back in two thousand five, you decided to. Uh, focus on academics and doing some other things, but you kept busy, of course, athletically with doing swim, bike, run. You did quite a few marathons, half marathons. But then all of a sudden, here we are in 2018 in a bar in Penticton, and uh, you decided to take the plunge into the world of ultra sports. Uh, We talked to Pat Landamore and his recounting of that fateful day in August. Let's hear your side of the story. Well, Pat is a real engineer guy. So after I had paddled... In a good way. In a good way, of course. Uh, After I had paddled for somebody on that ultra swim, and I remember looking at him thinking, wow, this guy kind of swims like a starfish, and yet he's still finished in a 328 or something. And I kind of looked at him and thought, wow, if he can swim that fast with what doesn't look like great technique to me, I could probably pull this off too, and I love swimming. So I remember looking at that guy going, wow, yeah, I'd like to do that. And then I started asking Pat, the engineer guy, all these questions about what difference would a wetsuit make? What difference would a good wetsuit make? And during that day, you and Pat and I spent the day together, and I was asking Pat all these questions. And then at the end of the of the afternoon, we were sitting in Tin Whistle, uh brewery yeah and uh, i was drinking my favorite coconut beer (laughs) and then pat says fine let's just do it let's just do it do it so then him and i had a fist bump and a jersey's Mm -hmm. and it's like now we're doing it and Uh i was like oh my gosh i better get better at swimming because i am not a good swimmer i have not been a good swimmer I've always liked swimming, but I'm not really good. I'm not fast. It wasn't your strong suit, although, I mean, 2005, what was it, 135 for the swim. Not bad, considering breaststroke, a lot of. I did mostly breaststroke, and I did a 136 Hmm. iron person swim, so that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a lot younger then, because it's 2019 now, but still, yeah, I had a great swim that day. So years later, you sign up, you're committed to this thing. Tell us about your training for the event. I work about 50 hours a week. I have a government job and I have a private practice. So I work a lot. Do do you like to sleep at all? 
I would like to sleep, but that's very difficult for mm-hmm. me. So um, I was getting up at five and uh, going to the pool and uh, and then driving to Penticton on any weekend that I could and uh, swimming in the lake. And I remember boasting to my friends that uh, I swam in Skahaw Lake on October 8th last year to train for this thing. And my friend's going, yeah, so what? Mm. But it's like that took a wetsuit, a cold water cap, the uh, swim middies, the swim booties. I was covered. And there was a lady on the beach taking pictures of me uh, swimming on October 8th. I remember that text. You sent it to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty incredible. So kind of like the polar bear swim without all the fanfare. And much much longer longer than 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I swam in Skahal Lake on August, October October, 8th. And then uh, in August, after I had um, paddled for that guy, I started doing a few swims. I started, uh, I did a few 4K swims over in uh, Okanagan Lake with with you and Pat as well. So that bolstered your confidence? Yeah, because I thought, geez, 4K is already a third of this thing, Mm -hmm. so figured I could do it. So as I was saying to Pat, one of the big challenges in preparing for one of these major events that you invest so much time is actually getting to the start line. Any challenges for you along the way? Well, I'm allergic to chlorine water. So I would do these long swims in the pool and nothing would prevent the huge allergic reaction after I would take it. So how did you suffer allergic reaction? What, what happened to you? Well, I would uh, be very stuffy, uh, sore throat, and coughing for a good 10 hours Mm. after a a big pool session. So it was quite a challenge for me to do long swims in the pool. But from, you know, after October 8th until May, that's that's the only option. So I would do these long swims, but it was was really brutal for me because of the allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, any other sorts of injuries? Like when you're putting in huge yards or meters in the pool, things can tend to break down. Any elbow, knees? Well, I had a biking accident in 2013 where um, I hit something unknown on the Highway 7 outside of Maple Ridge and Mission. And uh, my first memory of the bike accident was flying through the air. But... um, I hit my head, I kind of ripped my arm out of my body and kind of put it back. And uh, the rotator cuff was never the same. Mm. So there were times when my rotator cuff hurt because of that accident just on the right. Um, And the allergies, Mm -hmm. and then sometimes elbows. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just find swimming so much easier for injuries as compared to to running running and biking because um, biking hurts my feet, uh, running running hurts my uh, knees, but uh, swimming is just so wonderful other than all these allergic reactions. (laughs) And then I found out that the long swims in the lake make me make my sinuses go too. So it's just something to Mm. accept that after a long swim, I'm just going to be drippy. Uh Yeah. Dripping today. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) As is Pat. Yeah. Uh, So we asked Pat the same question as well, but um, going into the race, Things the training was going well, yep. but um, did you have any specific goals for the race? 
Well, I had a couple of goals. The first goal was to get to the start line, and that sounds lame or well, silly. Not, but there were other not races. Not to anybody listening. Yeah, there were other races where I had signed up for them, and then I couldn't do them yeah. because of injuries. I have uh, problems with my feet, uh, nerve damage in my feet. Um, sometimes my knees can get sore. So there's times I've signed up for running races and not be able to do them or signed up for triathlons mm-hmm. and I couldn't do them. So my first my first uh, goal was um, Pat made me sign up for this thing in October. Mm-hmm. So I signed, yeah, mm-hmm. I signed up for it. My first goal was I want to get to the start line. So yesterday when we were standing on the beach, it's like, wow, I made it to mm-hmm. the start line. I was so happy because yeah. there were triathlons where I didn't make yeah. it to the start line. I was elated. Mm-hmm. So I was just thrilled. So tell us about that day. So into the water at about five minutes to seven. Yeah. I started uh, calm and slow, which is what I wanted to do. The lake was lovely. That was so nice. Uh, 40 minutes into the swim, the winds kicked up a bit and, uh, I'm not a, I was going to say I'm not a strong swimmer, but Pat says I'm a strong swimmer, just not a fast swimmer. So, so the waves, I'm a strong swimmer. Oh, so, so I started swimming and, uh, the waves kicked up. And it just felt like a swimming treadmill. I would swim and I felt like I was knocked, be, kept being knocked back. And uh, my first my first goal, which I didn't think was hard, was just to make it to Ponderosa Point in 425 elapsed yeah, time. Yeah, make it to the cutoff point five miles in. Yeah, cutoff. Yeah, and I thought that, that, I didn't think that was hard. Mm. In fact, the day before during the race meeting, I thought, no problem. I, I can definitely swim too two point something K an hour. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to finish this thing under six hours and um, I'm going to make it to Ponderosa Point. No problem. I'm not going to get anxious about this because I know I will pass Ponderosa Point before four hours elapsed for sure. Mm -hmm. So then when you were kayaking, I was swimming. I kept asking you, am I okay? Am I on point? Yep. Yep. Everything's fine. But darn, the wind came up. Uh, I took more breaks because I was getting tired. I would take a break, have a little sip. And then I was kind of yakety-yakety, right? Like I was talking to you and pretty stuff. Chatty, pretty, pretty chatty. Pretty chatty. I remember the, the paramedics on the pontoon boat coming by and me saying, Wow, I'm Iron Woman. Superwoman. I'm Superwoman. Yeah, I'm Superwoman. I'm fine. Yeah. And I just thought everything was going well. Oh, yeah. And then one of the deals that I made with you, because you were my kayaker, was... Um, don't tell me time and distance. I just want to be in the moment. I just want to swim and be in the moment. So I kept asking you, am I okay? Am I okay? And that Ponderosa point looked, I guess, closer than it was. Because mm. I remember you at one point saying, you got to get to Ponderosa point in 40 minutes. In, in 40, 40 minutes. minutes yeah. And I thought, no yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. It's just over there. Yeah. No problem. It's over there. It's just, it's so quick. So I remember saying, okay, no more breaks yeah. until we get to Ponderosa point. Well, that seemed to take forever. <laughs> and I guess from the time you told me 40 minutes, yeah. it took me an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to Ponderosa point and the pontoon boat shows up and basically says, you've missed the cutoff. And this is not, I'm not, I'm not proud of this moment. But I remember when the paramedic said, 
you missed it, you're going to have to get in the boat. And there were some F-bombs there. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was so upset. Yeah. I was so upset. I was effing everything. Yeah, you like, weren't I sad. Was, you I were was, mad. I was mad. Like, <laughs> how could this be? Mm-hmm. And then the paramedics made a deal with you where they said, if Elise can catch up to that swimmer up ahead, we won't pull her out of the water. Yeah, there's a secret handshake and a deal was made. and A deal was made that if I could catch up to that swimmer ahead of me. Which... Who was the last person to pass Ponderosa Point On within time. the time cutoff. Yes. yes, if you could catch up to her, you can stay. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I had this vision of this, like a huge, like a huge fishing net, because that is the only way they'd get me out of the water. <laughs> that there's this huge fishing net would come from the pontoon boat and scoop me out of the water, because that was the only way they were going to get me out of the water. So I remember saying, "No, I'll swim faster. I'll just swim faster." <laughs> and, and and so that's that was when, the that's, deal. That's when the race itself started. Oh my god! Well, I mean, there was the race to Ponderosa Point, and then there was the second race to to catch this swimmer, so you could remain in the race. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And so then, you know, I don't do well with people shouting at me or or being unkind in any way. So you started shout, shouting at me, "Go, go!" Because you were so invested in me finishing, and then I'm shouting back at you, "Don't scream at me!" And so I'm I'm just going as hard as I could, but I already swam. Oh yeah, cake. you were in the water for five hours at, at that, that point. point, and I I expected to be finished at five and a half, which was unrealistic. But uh, my arms were sore. Mm. Um, you started cramping. Well, after once we got just a little bit before Ponderosa Point, I got a big yeah. cramp in my left calf that still that left a lot of damage mm. actually but um i just started going hard which is really hard at two-thirds of an ultra swim yeah. now i gotta go hard yeah. no this was the part i wanted to go easy mm. i really wanted to have this easy kind of pace throughout the whole thing mm. but that didn't happen no. so you first did for the first three hours so for the fir- for the last kilometer or two kilometers to get to Ponderosa Point I was going harder work was done and then I thought okay phew once I get past Ponderosa Point I just want a big break I just want to drink and relax and well obviously (laughs) drink my juice yes and uh, then once we got to Ponderosa Point you're shouting at me go go it's like no I just want to relax and then I had to go hard again and catch up to this person ahead of me and throughout the whole time, I remember saying uh, to you, I don't see any other boats because I couldn't believe I was so far behind in this race. Like this just, like I'm used to being back of the pack, but wow, that was back of the pack, <laughs> but whatever. So I went hard and hard. I remember shouting to the pontoon, you know, the people on the pontoon, the paramedics, I'll just swim faster. And I just, I just really put everything into it. And you did catch her. And I actually caught the last person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing that lime green kayak kind of having a little celebration in my mind, thinking, wow, they're not going to take the giant fish net out and mm-hmm. scoop me out of the mm-hmm. lake because that's the only way they'd get me out of that mm-hmm. lake. Mm-hmm. And then we could calm down a bit because you calmed down a bit. I could just get into a, a lesser 
fast stroke there because it's like, okay, I caught up to the green kayak. So the the threat of being scooped up off the course was gone. So you could uh, resume a bit more uh, sustainable pace, yeah. which you did, all the way to the finish line, where yeah. conditions greatly improved in the last two kilometers. Two or three, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember, well, actually, I remember some big rolling waves coming at me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember kept kept asking you, I can't see the finish line. How can it be three and a half more K? I'm I'm just kind of done now. Like, mm. what do you mean three and a half more K? Mm. And I remember talking to Pat, going, "Are we there yet?" Yeah. Like, jeez. Yes. Well, I was thinking in my mind. No, I wasn't thinking, "Are we there yet?" But mm. oh my gosh, what do you mean three and a half more K? Like, mm. I just, wow, yeah. Mm. And, you know, I don't have this internal clock in my head, so I really didn't know what time it elapsed. So I swam into the finish line. By that time and now, it started pouring rain. The moment that you started walking, uh, the moment you hit land, yes. uh, the weather god said, it's showtime, and they wow. greeted you with a full-on pouring. pour. Yeah. Pouring rain. And Steve King was so wonderful, and Matt Hill was there, and Chad Bentley was there. So then I remember swimming into the finish line and I could see the bottom of the lake for the first time. And somehow my brains didn't like that. And I got really dizzy and I got really motion sick. So I ended up, I wanted to walk, but I knew that I couldn't because that bay is shallow for quite a ways and rocky though. So I swam until my fingers touched the bottom of the lake And then I stood up and I was really woozy and I ran through the finish line. And then I remember looking at the clock Mm. and being in absolute shock when I saw a 6.58. I thought, what? Mm. There's no way that Mm. that took me seven hours. Mm. No way. Seven hours? Well, almost seven hours. Almost seven hours. I thought, no, that Mm. can't be Mm -hmm. right. Oh, I did not know Mm -hmm. I was in the lake for seven hours. Mm -hmm. And if I was to do it all over again, I do, I wouldn't want to know the speed and distance. But know. maybe I would t- I would get the I would get you to uh, pace it better it. for me. But mm. I, w- I I'm so glad I didn't know the time and the distance and the pace, because when those big waves showed up, I would have been so demoralized mm. knowing I was swimming below two k an hour. Yeah. Like that's that's just unreasonable. And you did finish. I finished. Uh, Steve King was amazing. Mm. He was talking about me, Matt Hill, Chad Bentley, Sherry. Mm. They were so wonderful to me. Like that, that finish line was so worth it. And doing your first ultra event, I mean, Ironman is one thing, uh, marathons are another, but uh, this was an ultra seven hours in the water. I mean, uh, quite, quite the epic adventures. If you could give advice to a person who's contemplating doing one of these long distance swims, what would be couple of the things that you've learned or you experienced, uh, advice you'd give? I would say just do it. Learn how to swim. Um, Make sure you can swim probably 3K an hour in a pool and uh, just do it. It's so worth it. It was a wonderful day. I really enjoyed when I was sighting to see them, you know, the hills of Penticton and the lake. And it was just a wonderful experience. And it's such an amazing experience experience you know to say i finished this thing mm-hmm. it's like finishing a marathon yeah. or an iron person it's just so amazing 
And I mean, the story wouldn't be complete. I mean, you weren't the youngest person doing this race either, were you? No, that's right. <laughs> yes. So I wasn't the oldest though you either. You <laughs> weren't the oldest, but you were one of the older females yes. uh, and will be celebrating your 60th sometime in the month of December. So yes. uh, a big accomplishment and a new horizon for you to, to start off uh, that new decade. What's yeah. what's next for you? You've done the ultra swim, um, other athletic uh, goals. Pat's back in for Ironman in 2020. What's Elise doing? I don't know yet. It's the day after the race. Yes. That's kind of like having a baby and then saying, would you have another one? <laughs> well, the day after you have that baby, don't ask me. <laughs> and of course, our final question, which we've been well briefed on. <laughs> uh, Pat Landamore would be a hawk, a chicken hawk. Well, um, so if, if you could be, <laughs> if you could be an animal. Uh, other than a human, uh, which you are. Uh, what would you be and why? I'd be a warthog. A warthog. Because they're very unique animals. Um, they grow, the longer the tusk of a warthog, the older it is. So I would have big, long, shiny <laughs> tusks, big uh, curved ones. And uh, they're very resourceful. So they run around in the African savanna and... Um, when there's no water, the warthog will dig holes and find water and they'll drink themselves, but they also share with all the other animals on the savanna. And it's a really cool looking animal. Mm -hmm. So I would be a warthog. Unique, resourceful. Sounds great. Yeah. And helping other animals. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on your achievement and all the achievements you've had in the past and uh, best of success in your future. Thank you. And here's your FitSpeak 76 upcoming event schedule. Starting off with the reminder that the pool at the Mission Leisure Center is now closed for the annual maintenance and repairs from now until the middle of September. Maybe that'll give you a chance to try out that cool 50 meter pool at Walnut Grove or just head into Abbotsford and give the rec center there a try. Coming up on Sunday, September 22nd, a chance for you to get your run on and your wine on at the same time. It's the 7th Annual Campbell Valley Wine Run, a fundraising event that raises money for Pacific Riding for developing abilities. They help rehabilitate people by using horseback riding, a creative and effective way of getting folks back on track. This year for the wine run, you've got a choice of a 5, an 11, or a 15-kilometer distance. Costumes, of course, are encouraged and rewarded. So get out there and be the best Cabernet that you can. The Campbell Valley Wine Run More Event is at eventbrite.ca. That's eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, dot C-A. And just in case you prefer running with goats instead of running with grapes, we also have an event for you. This running event is called the Turtle Dash. It's a fundraiser for animal conservation sponsored by the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And the cool thing about this event is that you get to run through the zoo so you can get motivated by all the critters. Maybe get in touch with your inner cheetah. There's two distances. One is one kilometer, the other is five kilometers. You can sign up now for the Sunday, September 14th event by Googling Turtle Dash 2019. That is Turtle Dash 2019. And that's your FitSpeak 76 upcoming event schedule.
And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and insurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Phoenix. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week, Phoenix. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. We'd like to thank our guest this week, first-time Skaha Lake Ultra Swimmer, Elise Reed. Be listening next time, and we'll have Kevin Watt back for more social media shout-outs. And Zach Neufeld will be here for more brain food for you on Between the Ears. For all of us at Fitspeed, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>